to the big topic in women's MMA, Frank Posen, along with Schwan Humes. How you doing, Schwan? Uh, not bad at all. How about yourself? Uh, I'm just here. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, back doing my usual stuff, posting fights, and also uh, my song of the day. Um, last week's UFC show, we had one women's fight on the show. It was uh, flyweight match. Caitlin Chukagian beat uh, Jennifer Maya by unanimous decision. Now, the reason this match, which was a rematch, was on the main card of this, sh- of this show is because they're both former title contenders. That doesn't mean they're any good as fighters. It just means that they were one-time title contenders. They're considered big names and blah, 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 blah. Now, Caitlin won their first fight, and basically this fight pretty much went the same way. The only difference, I guess, is she had a takedown near the end of the first round, which normally she doesn't do. But other than that, she did her usual keep-away routine. And you know what, Schwan? Jennifer Maya has been a fighter since 2010. And you'd think she would have improved by now. Like, try something different. I mean, she tried the same stuff that she did in the first fight, and it didn't work. So, you know, she's just uh, she's just not getting any better. Uh, I don't think, uh, if you look at her record over the years, she's basically built her record on beating mediocre fighter, fighters. And the only two UFC fighters that she's beaten, I think, are Joanne, Calderwood and and Roxanne Modafferi, and I wouldn't consider them top fighters. So, should she even be in the UFC? Well, um, when you're a, a woman's fighter, is it they they there's a dearth of talent there of women you know who can even compete at the UFC level. And when I say compete, I don't mean actually compete. You see a lot of girls who come in from the regional or from Brazil. And they're dominant, and then they come here, and they they can't they can't even make it out of a round. They can't even get a win in the UFC. So as limited as Maya has been, or is shown to be, the fact is she can still go rounds, and, and when when put in with the right matchup, she can't win. I mean, her two wins are over people with resumes, people with some sort of accomplishment in the sport. Um, the big problem with her is, like you, said, she's basically been doing the same thing, and she has enough physical tools to to use that against lower class opponents, but there's no sort of layer through her skill set. There's no set of wants. So when she can't physically overwhelm somebody, either by just getting her hands on them and bullying them, or they have enough technique and strategy to avoid her phys- physical strength and her size, she really has no other backup plan. And I don't know if it's a matter of she's just lazy, or I don't know if it's a matter of her camp or her being in a camp where they haven't pushed her better. Or they haven't shown her any better. I don't know which one it is. Well, I think it's a little ha- a little of both, but I think it's more on her at this point because, like I said, I've been familiar with her since 2010. When she first uh, surfaced, you know, she trains at Shootbox at Curitiba. Well, you know who else trained there? Chris Cyborg. So people would ask me, well, is she, does she fight like Cyborg? I said, no, she's a boxer, so she doesn't have the same skills as Chris Cyborg. And she isn't any better today than she was then. Well, she even even as a even as a boxer, I don't understand why she's not jabbing her way in, double jab, jab high, jab low, attack. Even in boxing, Chris Cyborg is an aggressive counterpuncher. Maya doesn't seem to know how to do how to cut off a cage or how to ca- counterpunch aggressively. She's stuck in one, and she doesn't throw she doesn't throw in combination either. She doesn't throw in combination either. It's very it's very weird. 
because she has a prototype right there in front of her, how she should approach that and use her pressure, and she doesn't do it. Well, I think, as I said, it's it, you know, it's partially on on shootbox, and it it you know, down in Brazil, honestly, the fighters, most of them are coming out of poverty. Okay, so they don't they're not, the, the the camps really don't make a lot of money off of the fighters down there. It's more building your reputation and that sort of thing. So I think it's mostly on her. She doesn't want to do anything to, like if she does that. She did the same thing on this fight that she did against Caitlin the first time. What made her think she could win? Yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure. Like, and I understand your point. Maybe they don't make a lot of money, but as somebody who has helped game plan for fighters, I've watched hours of film for free, or even with basketball players I've trained. I'm free. That my name is still attached to that. So whether so whether I get paid or not, I don't want a product going out that reflects badly on my skill set and my ability to prepare a fighter. So they have either, like I said, she has to be outright rejecting what they're saying, or they're letting her think that what she's doing is enough because the people she's sparring with can't really compete with it. You could just watch the film and say, that's not going to work. You're going to have to cut the cage off. You're going to have to make her come to you. You're going to have to kick the legs. You're going to have to go body-head combinations. Those are just three simple things she could have done that could have made the fight competitive. And I can't imagine yeah. she has a camp full of people who couldn't see that. She's never done that kind of stuff. Never. Okay, well, then it's a personal choice. She's, you know, That's fine. If that's anyway, her choice, that's her choice. So the funny part about it, Schwan, is despite how lousy she is, Jennifer Maya actually may have more of a future in the UFC than Caitlin Chikagian. And that's because last Saturday's fight was Caitlin's final fight on her UFC contract. And they did not re- offer her a renewal before the fight. And, and listen, what it reminds me of Liz Carmouche. Yeah, I, I guess I guess to see that to the extent. I think Carmouche has been more entertaining for the most part than Caitlin generally. But I yeah, guess. I so, you know, they might let her go. They, yeah. they might not bother make, I mean, if they were going to re- renew her contract, they would have done it before the fight, but they, they did not renew it. And they might just say, go to Bellator. I mean, that's what they did to, um, to uh, Liz Carbouche. It's also what they did to Justine Kish who is now fighting at Bellator. Well, if I was her, I would just go. It's still a steady paycheck. She gets a chance. She'll be in title contention. She's pretty much gone as far as she can go in the UFC. She doesn't have an appealing style. I'm not saying she's unattractive, but she doesn't have a marketable style. I've seen her in the microphone interview. She's not particularly charismatic. And once again, that's not an insult. Not everybody has that kind of charm and charisma. So she can still be in one of the bigger organizations and still fight fairly often and be in the title title uh title picture i wouldn't know why she wouldn't just go at this point yeah i i i kind of expect her to go to bellator yeah if they're gonna pay her she should go i don't even understand what the what the what the issue would be she says if the ufc offers her a contract she'll stay but uh, yeah i, I wouldn't do I, it i, I would, if i was her i would go to bellator that's what i would do they don't value her anymore at this point and she should she could probably get a better offer from bellator so isn't that kind of funny that she has doesn't seem to have a future in the UFC, but Jennifer Maya does as somebody to lose to other it's funny. It's funny in the instance that that she's been in so long, she's been in two weight divisions. She's never 
you know, she's kind of peaked out. She's gotten to the title fight. Valentina's still the champ. They don't think she can beat her. And with her style of fighting, it's not always very exciting. Jennifer Maya is at least limited enough where with the right matchup, you can make her an exciting fight because she's strong, she's physical, but she's still hittable. A certain caliber person, she's just going to finish them. And against another caliber person, she's likely to get finished or beaten up in a fairly exciting fight. So they're going off of her flaws more so than the plus that she has in her game. All right, let's go on to this Saturday, uh, UFC 22 or whatever it is. And there's two women's fights on the show. They're both on the um, early prelims. And I think both of these were postponed from last week or something like that due to COVID. Okay, they're both kind of fighters new to the UFC. So the first fight, we have Vanessa Demopoulos against uh, Silvana Gomez. What's her name? Uh, yeah, seems like it. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. So Vanessa is a uh, veteran of the LFA, and she um, was on Contender Series, right? And um, um, she's from Cincinnati originally, but she trains at Black House in Los Angeles. Uh, Silvana uh, made her UFC debut a couple of months ago. Um, she was a late replacement, and she lost to Lupi Godinez. She looked awful and she's 37 years old okay uh she but she trains at uh, entran in mexico and i gotta think vanessa wins this fight because i don't think sylvana is any good i think she's gonna have three fights and then she's gonna be gone yeah this seems like a i mean not the vanessa is somebody you would set a fight up for but vanessa hasn't looked great either but against this kind of opponent this this should be closer to what she's facing the regional circuit and uh, she should maybe worse. Yeah, she should have a fairly. I don't. I want to dismiss her opponent, but she should have a fairly dominant win against against her. Um, she just didn't look very good in her her previous fight. She looked like she didn't look like she was a great athlete. She didn't look like she was physically strong or very physical. Mm. And Luffy is a tough and scrappy fighter, tremendously athletic or tr- tremendously dominant physically, and she was able to dominate every aspect of that fight. Maybe she'll be better with a full camp, but she looked terrible. And she's old, too, like she's 37. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Demobilis did not look great in her fight either in the UFC. No, But no, she, was facing, she was facing a much, much better caliber opponent. Okay, we'll go on to the other one. Uh, the other fight, uh, like I said, this will be on uh, the uh, uh, UFC uh, uh, early prelims. Uh, Jasmine Jazdavicious. I had trouble remembering that name. Uh, who's your opponent here, Schwan? Kay Hansen. Yeah, Kay Hansen, right. So one of the things I wanted to point out about Jasmine, did you know that the UFC has three fighters, three female fighters who were born in the Niagara Peninsula in here in Ontario, okay? Uh, Jasmine is from St. Catharines. Alexis Davis is from Port Colburn. And Jillian Robertson is from Niagara Falls. Hmm, I did not know that. Okay, so Jasmine is another LFA veteran, and I I think if I remember correctly, she was on um, she was on um, uh, uh, contender series as well. Um, Isn't she at uh, John Wood's place? No, is her she... team is um, Niagara Top Team. Oh, for some reason I thought she went to Syndicate. I don't know why I thought that. Maybe she switched. I don't remember. Um, Kay Hansen, um, 
I think is going to win this fight fairly handily. I think she's a better fighter. And uh, especially on the ground, she's a lot better than Jasmine. But you never know, I might see an upset here. What do you think, Sean? Well, I mean, I, I like to see Hanson show a little bit more discipline in how she fights. She's athletic. She's got a good skill. Uh, her striking isn't particularly defensively responsible. I, I would really like to see her show a little bit more poise and defensive responsibility on the feet. I don't think Jasmine out really outclass her in any one area, but I think Jasmine's aggression and her willingness to take some to get some and her, her volume could be problematic for Kay because Kay tends to get, give people opportunities to do a certain amount of work. Even Jin Frey at this was able to do some kind of work. Anyways, Jasmine, if Jasmine wins, that could be a bit of an upset, right? Yeah. I, I Well, yeah. I mean, the UFC, I think, wants Hanson to win, and if Jasmine wins, it would be an upset, but it wouldn't be really dramatic or anything. Hanson's shown enough holes in her game where they could be exploited. Okay. A couple other things I wanted to... Uh, uh, talk about. And that said, on Monday, uh, Rafael Marinho of Combat reported that uh, the former champ champ, Amanda Nunez, has left American Top Team and plans to start her own gym. And um, I'm not particularly surprised by that. Um, open it in Florida. The other thing, the other thing about that is that it depends who she brings in uh, to run it with her. Yeah, my, my, my issue with her is it's really, it's really hard to do it again. So, so I'm, I'm not sure what she's going to do because she's trying to get a title fight and she's going to try to run a gym. That's very tough. And I don't know who's going to come with her from American Top Team or she's bringing in specialists, but to be trying to get a title back. Can, and can, I, is, can, can I make a prediction of who I think it might be? Who, who do you think? She's very close with Conan Silvera. I mean, having a good staff is going to matter. I just, like, if she was going to do no, this. He's, well, he's he's one of the coaches there as well. I, it just, I just think she, there's been times where she's had huge breaks, and I don't know why she wouldn't have gone about getting this going during her downtime instead of waiting in a period off of her biggest loss and most devastating loss in years. Like, there was a lot of time for her to get that camp going when she, she was kind of peaking. It seems like it just seems like, it seems like she needs to really lock in and focus on what she needs to do to, um, to achieve the goal. I know some people are saying this is because she's hit her wallet, ATT. She has. But when she fought Juliana Pena, she got the fight she wanted. She just couldn't execute. It wasn't like she got luckily. She, she fell and got submitted or she got caught with a luck. She got the spot she wanted. She landed the shot she wanted. She, she got the fight where she wanted to be at. She just couldn't win it. So it's like, I don't know so much of it's an issue with coaching. It's so much as an issue her tendencies and her her uh, weaknesses, which she hasn't addressed in years. And they're, you're not going to fix those weaknesses in, in six to eight months. That's just not going to in my opinion. Well, we're going to comment on this further when we uh, learn who she's bringing in as the main coach there because that's important. Okay, and so I didn't really have any comment about it. I'm not particularly surprised she did this, though. Okay, the yeah. other – now, on Tuesday, Ariel Halwani reported that uh, Kayla Harrison is close to re-signing with the PFL. And somebody on this podcast predicted this a few months ago. Wasn't that me? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually. It's the weirdest thing about this is I've been surprised by how MMA fans have been kind of angry because I, I get you want to see her in competitive fights, but the fact of the matter is most MMA fighters don't come out on the winning side of this. So the fact that she's getting paid a lot of money for minimal challenges is actually good for the fighter. It's good for her long-term health. It's good for her future. As a judo competitor, she competed for years at, at low end. So fighters and fans should be happy for her. Well, uh, if you recall, I predicted she would do this. How long? Six months ago? You know, she's gotta, you got you to come here. Like, Schwan, Schwan and I know enough about the business into this of the MMA that we can predict this stuff fairly easily. You know, I mean, my thinking on it was this. One, Ali Abdelaziz is her manager. And number two, she's going to get the most money there. And that's it. Uh, it was pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. If they really want her to be challenged, they could figure out something to bring in better challenges for her. But she gets to fight the way she's comfortable in. She gets to be promoted. She gets to get experience. And she gets very well paid. As a fighter, this is a win for her. And I wish more fighters were in positions where they could get wins like this. Because whether you're fighting tough on competition or not, fighting is a tough, very tough on your body and your mind. So if you can get to a position where you can get paid, don't worry about fighting the best. Worry about putting yourself up moving forward. Yeah. Can't live off a of fight of the nights and, oh, you were tough back in the day. They need actual money and stability to build forward, and she's got that. Well, Sean, I think what fans are upset about uh, with this is that she did a lot of talking. In the end, talk is cheap. I, I will have to admit that she did talk about how she's the best and she's ready for the best challenges and um, taking this action while financially responsible doesn't show that she's about the action that she's talked about. She's dropping Amanda's name and Cyborg's name and Juliana Pena's name. And then she goes sign back in an organization where none of those people are on the table. The best she can hope for is somebody to leave um, Bellator or someone who left at UFC to come in, try and get in the tournament and fight her like a Megan Anderson. I think Ju didn't Julia pfl uh yeah yeah Ano that's, uh, that's another oh that's another one i predicted yeah that is true all right anyway oh, of course because like i said you want to know the real scoop this is where you come man yeah we're we're anyway. only a step or two step or two ahead of most people because like i said um frank's got a big history in wma he knows he knows the patterns he knows he understands it and me personally i've just dealt with a lot of a lot of fighters a lot of coaches a lot of the coaches y'all think are the greatest coaches have come to me for advice so when i'm saying something about a fighter or saying something about their matchmaking that's not just out of my ass that's actual history and resume of knowing people and the same thing with frank when he's talking about business moves and venture popular who's not he's speaking from an experience of somebody who's been involved in this for years and years and years and knows people who make these decisions and knows people who put these people in positions. It's, it's a different level over here, to be honest. That's correct. Well, we were talking about that uh, with uh, one of our buddies there the other day, and he was complaining about uh, nobody talks about the coaching and, and that sort of thing there. And my response on Twitter was, oh, you mean except uh, Schwan and me? He he liked that. He tweeted that. And that's the truth. Most of these uh, supposed experts, they don't talk about that stuff because they well, don't. Well, the, I'll make a brief statement real quick. A lot of them, they want access. And so 
They won't give fair assessments of fights. They won't give fair assessments of coaching. They won't talk about someone's not being a draw. They want access to a fighter. They want the fighter to like them. I learned long ago it doesn't matter. I, I don't care if the fighter likes me. I just got to call it the way it is. Clearly, Frank has no concern for the fighter's feelings when he's at this point. So you're just going to get the truth from us because we don't have any agenda or any connection that compromises our ability to speak on what we see and how things are. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, Sean, or is that it? That's it, sir. Okay. Once again, don't forget frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or, or my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. And if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.